Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? How are we? What have we been listening to as of late? Let's start with you, Gray. Uh, yeah, uh... As of late, I have been listening to Six, uh, the new Six album by Dice that dropped shortly after we recorded last week. So I've I've been able to enjoy it this week, and I've had a a blast with that. I've also been listening to this week's MC, and other than that, I, I haven't been listening to too much. I've had to chauffeur my mom a bit this week, and so I haven't been able to listen to as much J-pop as I would like. Uh, what have you guys been listening to? It's interesting that you bring up Dice. Did you read uh, the commentary we were given? I I looked over it. I meant to go back and like reread it and never got around to it, but I do want to check it out. Yeah, if you guys don't know, on our site, we have a exclusive commentary of each track done by DICE about the album 6, so go take a look at it. What about you, Luna? I've been listening to a variety of things, and by I mean a variety, I started out with some Momoon this week, as I just felt in the mood to listen to them, and I popped in their best album, and oh my god, I still love them. They are amazing artists and looking forward to what they'll they'll be doing with their when they go since they'll be indie now seeing if they go back to their roots like they did with flowers and i've also been listening to tears of tragedy a metal band fate gear saki and let's see i actually did pop in some syrup on apple music just because we've been talking about him lately and of course our mc also went back to some good old mflow the intergalactic collection and tanaka da voice actress although i went back to all her solo stuff from back in the day and it felt so good and dived into some leah kurubashi minami Yuna, and I'll specify Yuna, the Korean J-pop singer, not Yunito, and Yui, and Scandal, and it's just kind of been a giant mixture, so it's just been like a random playlist besides a few new artists I've been diving in and checking out. What about you, Ken? So I, I went back to listening to Rising Sun to the World by the good old exile groups here and then i also went on a little bit of a bender mix with kiki vivi lily who is an amazing vocalist i'm pretty sure you would really like her luna so her good luck charm ep was really really good pinako with her room ep was also really really solid i've been going back to that and then Cracklax, our indie corner alum there they released a song back on christmas called the christmas song so i was listening to that for a bit and i finally got to dive into ditzy sunfist episode 2 ep because it released about a week and a half ago and i finally had the time to go and listen to it it's really really solid so 
But yeah, with that, let's go into this week's topic here. And this time around, since it is the brand new year and a brand new season of anime, we've been kind of been thinking about a lot of anime on the mind here. But since anime and the music industry kind of go hand in hand, we kind of got into thinking about what is the leverage of an artist becoming an anime opening or an ending theme song and stuff like that and how does that help or hinder an artist especially if someone was trying to get into j-pop as a first time through anime so gray why don't you kind of kick off first uh yeah no uh this topic really hits home this is really how i got started uh in j-pop i mean you know that this is this is it this was how i got exposed to j-pop is you know you watch anime and you know it's at the front of every show that you watch it's at the end of every show that you watch you hear songs that you like and you want to go out and you want to hear more and you know you just kind of fall down that well and so you you know just being attached like if you're really into anime i think it's a very easy transition to get into pop uh, to j-pop like like i said that was my journey uh, but, you know, not only, you know, from a fan's perspective, but also, you know, there's a lot of connotations that uh, being attached to an anime has for the artist. Because, you know, sometimes like a song can come out, like a anime can come out that's not really popular. And because it's not uber popular, you're not going to get a whole lot of exposure. And because you don't get a whole lot of exposure, you're not, it's a lot harder to market your song because, you know, part of being attached to an anime is you kind of get that free advertisement. So it can hurt an artist uh, if you just want to look at it briefly from like the artist perspective. Uh, but if it's mega popular, obviously, like, you know, you get that free advertising and because anime is so international now, it also helps you branch out into international markets. So there's a couple of reasons why, like, if you're an artist wanting to, you might want to get attached to a couple of anime because it's really good advertising. But like I said, if you're a listener and you want to get into J-pop, like, it's really good. Now, certain styles and certain genres tend to, like, I will say, like, if you only listen to j-pop through anime it does limit your taste i think because that was my problem starting out it because a lot of and not that there's one genre of anime's opening but they're limited like there's not that many metal songs that are going to be on on the front of an anime oh, that so <laughs> that, I, you I watch, the, that you watch that you yeah, watch i can this think of true. a couple offhand too I was going to say, you should listen to Sayonara Zitsubo Sensei. That's the best one. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Death Note. I've, I've been had, yeah. Like, but, like, I, mean, I was trying all, to think, all, I was like... All around, like, I get what you're trying to say. Mostly because it has one style, and usually that one style is kind of for that wider market, so to speak. So, of course, if you're a fairly niche artist, it's going to be a little bit difficult to get into that. For example, I think the Narkaitaki song that they use for the Eagle Sentai anime, it's just as zany as they are. So they had to pick a song or do a song that is just as zany as the anime. So they had to adapt towards that. And certain artists are very, 
very good to adapt towards a series, but sometimes it doesn't match and it ends up shooting them in the foot, so to speak. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, even if the artist is popular and has a very popular song, they might put into show that it doesn't match with and it just takes you out of that show. And I feel like that can hinder your relationship with that artist. You might not like that artist because it took you out of the show and it didn't match. I feel some sometimes that can happen just because, you know, and listening to it by itself, it's fine, but you don't even want to go that means because you start skipping it. And an example of that would be Miwa's update in My Hero. It doesn't really fit with that time period in the show. Is it a solid song? Yes. I mean, in general, she's already been popular, so I don't think it hindered her as an artist. But maybe for someone who is hearing her for the first time on My Hero, that might have hindered their opinion of her. Oh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I've, I've always felt like... I, I like Update. I really do. But I always felt like that song was not the best choice for that period in the story. But that that's a different debate. But, you, you, you know, and there's a lot of really great artists that uh, I got turned on to because of anime. Uh, case in, in point is Masaki Suda. Like, because I was more familiar with his song Long Hope Philia before I was familiar before I had watched Kamen Rider double and knew him as Philip and I really really liked Long Hope Philia and then I found out he was Philip and it kind of blew up into like this huge thing for me where I really became a huge Masaki Suda fan and but I don't know if I would have had like that same reaction had I not heard his song at the end of My Hero Academia because I, I did, like that song is really really good, and in the, there's a lot of artists that I never would have picked up had I not listened, not heard them in the opening. Like uh, because uh, Spire did the third opening to Iron Blooded Orphans, I bought two albums. I really liked the first album. I really didn't like the second album, but I would have never bought either one of those albums had they not done that. So it just, it just depends on the the circumstances, but yeah, sometimes, but also there are, those moments where it really, I think it really enhances. So like the opening to, I know you haven't seen this anime, Ken, but if you watch Soul Eater, like the opening resonance is perfect for that show in every way. And I like it amps me up every time I watched it. Like I adored that song so much. I absolutely adored resonance. And it, so like they can really heighten your experience too. Another thing that I wanted to point out was take long-running shows like Naruto, for example. One of the things that uh, you kind of run into, especially with a long-running, is there can be like really memorable songs that are really attached to that. So, like, take Go by Flow. Like, that song is very, very much associated with Naruto. And Kanata. Yep. So there, there are some, so like, if, say like if 
this anime series like goes on for, and you find find yourself like not liking the direction it goes in. Like sometimes it can really hurt your enjoyment for a song because your your enjoyment for that song is attached to that anime. That and that anime went in a direction you didn't like, and so it kind of like I don't know. There's that taint to it. It, it really ties it to it. So like if you always love that anime you'll always kind of love that song but like if like you're reflecting I'll on it I'll say that's not really true because like so I stopped not until halfway I through I guess it's per per person per person but like for me I separate church and state so to speak yeah, because I still love Go By Flow and I stopped Naruto halfway through because I'm like, I'm done, not for me and there was a lot of other songs I loved from there, I loved Ryusei by Tia I loved Hadamoni by Rhythm I mean, I still love Haruka Kanata, but I always forget it's associated with Naruto. I don't think of it as that. Same with Go By Flow, but I also heard it before it was in the show. So Yeah, so, like, it, I mean, I guess it's per person per person, but I do understand that, like, if you ended up hating the anime, you might forget that, you know, why did I listen to this song in the first place? Oh, I'm just mad that this part, this thing. I know someone like that because my friend hates the ending to Naruto, and... He just disassociates anything from Naruto from here on. So, like, anytime I put up a Naruto song, he was like, yeah, I don't really... Uh, he walks out, so... Yeah, yeah, th- that's the thing. Like, not everyone is capable of separating, the, you know, the, the yeah, church yeah, yeah. and state sort of thing. <laughs> like, I, depending on the day. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. It, it just depends. But, uh, but also, there have been... There have been some times where I will speed through a series because I like the opening or ending. So, like, when I watched Parasite the Maxim, I would watch the whole show just so I could rehear Daichi Miura's It's the Right Time. Like, I would, I would, like, I would just watch the next episode. Like, I, I really got into the story, but I was more concerned about hearing that ending theme all over again. <laughs> And um, I'm so glad they never changed. Like, every episode ends with it's the right time. It was, like, perfect. That was, like, oh, my God. It just, it really just fed that loop. And I, I will say I do forget some days that that song is at the end of Parasite the Maxim. Even though that was the that was what turned me on to Daichi to begin with. And I was, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of how that show ended either. I mean, it's good, but it just, I'm just not crazy about that ending. But... Yeah, uh, it, it it can go both ways. Yeah, I do want to get yours, your guys's two cents on this because this is just my overall perception. But it seems like to me, uh, and there are certain series that are the exceptions to the rules. But I think, like by and large, opening songs tend to be more popular than ending themes. Like the exception I can think of is Inuyasha. I think Inuyasha has more popular ending themes than it does openings. But long running shows like One Piece, Naruto, Shippuden, like there's so many, uh, Bleach, there, there's so many openings that people talk about. I don't hear too many people talking about the first ending theme to Naruto. Like it's not something that comes up a lot in conversation. Well, no one really talks about the first opening for Naruto as well. I mean, I kind of like that song. 
they talk it's, it's kind of the decent they talk about the second one more <laughs> oh the second one's way better but yes <laughs> but, i think it depends because full metal alchemist had great opening and endings and people still talk about the ending themes and i'm going to specify the 203 series so i like, felt like they were all solid for me and, but this this also kind of goes towards the t- uh the the trend of the industry over a course of a 12 episode arc usually you have one opening and two endings usually having two endings kind of hinder that overall but <laughs> i do agree and i think that's what hinders some of the longer running series and makes the endings a little more forgettable well if you yeah. have a shorter series for the most part I think it's, you will remember both opening and ending. I I do believe there are some exceptions Mm -hmm. to that. And I will say Fullmetal Alchemist is one. I think Slayers is one. Because Slayers has exceptional opening and endings. Although I will say the openings are more memorable, but the endings are fantastic. So, I mean, Bleach... I will say most of those endings I remember and are extremely memorable. Now, when it starts getting into the two and 300 episodes, that's where, for me, even the openings start getting forgettable. But I think for a solid time, the first 100 to 150 episodes, all the opening and endings were remarkable. Yeah, I love, and, th- I love Thank You from Hello, Kazuku. <laughs> oh, and I love Life by Yui. Yep. And, you know, so I think it, it it can go both ways on that aspect. And I really think the most it'll affect is like long running series in general because they start yeah. jamming all those in. You're going to forget all that eventually. But if you have one that's a longer running one and they pick the right tracks... I think you'll remember that you they're they both can be memorable and equally memorable. And it, it goes to that thing where I think the point is like a lot of the longer running animes that you were trying to say, Gray, it's gonna have that where we're just throwing songs through through a thing, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And usually the openings do work, while the endings usually get shafted. The only time that I could think of like people not begrudging through an ending is those series that have a a extra scene at the end of it. Case in point, Case Closed or Detective Conan. Yep. You have to sit through the ending, and then if you sit through the ending, you'll most likely get it through your head that you like the song or not kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and Bezelbub does that too. Yeah. And I, I think also if it is like how... This kind of just goes with the anime industry overall. I think that having seasons really help them overall. Cause look at look look at my hero. For me, I mostly remember the ending songs a lot more compared to the openings. <laughs> but that's just me. I agree with that. I've I've remember more of the endings than the openings. I mean, there's a few that are, you know, very memorable, but I feel like the endings, yes. So, I, I don't know. I think it's a, a like, I don't know. For me, I think I enjoy the openings more for my hero. It's like I like I do like a little Glee's Dakala Hitoli Janai. Like I really really like that song and. I really like Long Hope Philia. I do like Update, despite my gripes from it. Mm-hmm. But 
like I I don't know. me personally I wasn't the biggest fan of the Lisa song on, on the back half of uh, season two. Like, it, it's okay. I don't love it though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like I love most of the openings. Like I did not care m- much for the Kanaboon opening, and I don't like the porno graffiti opening. But other than that, I like all the openings. So for me, I, I gravitate more towards the openings. Like I like they rev me like up every a, time I watch them. I feel like it's a person by person basis though. So I think each person is going to have their own opinion on what they feel more strongly toward, and it and it can be toward the show or musical taste. You know, mm-hmm. I still think like Gundam Seed and Sea Destiny has some of the best music in an anime, and it's because it fits so well with it. And I couldn't choose opening or endings because they're both equal. Despite Destiny being a hot pile of trash, the music was fantastic. Mm. Yeah, but like I said, it's per person per person. This is how you feel about it. So I mean, for for, for yes, for, for yes, me, for me, I'm not gonna like I said. <laughs> but yeah. going on to mines, like for for me, I have to like for help and hinder. Like yeah, hell yeah, of course. Being attached to an- anime is your best way of getting your name out there, especially because it's an international market, such as the anime industry. And like Grace said, you know, the popularity of the series does help out. More than anything for 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 the series and your popularity for it. But if, like, anything, like our anime episode showed, even if it bombs or not, the theme songs is what hooks you, and it gets its job. Like, I didn't watch any of the anime. There's only one anime that I watched, which was Haikyuu, but that was because a friend of mine kept on nagging me to watch Haikyuu. But out of all the openings and endings that we did do for that, that specific show... I didn't watch it, but I still liked a lot of the songs that really were included on that list. So, there's that. Oh, yeah, and with that international market, I completely agree with you because you think about it, these are watched all over the world, and it's a great way to grab not just Japan's attention, but everyone's attention. Yeah, yeah. Getting in the international market, I I think is just it's really good. It's really smart because you know the you want to be in as many markets as possible. I I think a lot of people, a lot of musicians, when they create their songs and their music, you know, they want it to be heard as many by many people as possible. And when you're on an anime, especially if it's uber popular, that's just an easy way to get a wide reach of people that you normally under most normal circumstances would not reach. So it's really smart to get in, I don't want to say in bed with anime, but like to get attached to it would be a good way to put it. To, to have a collaboration or something like that. But yes. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's mostly. And then, you know, for on the listener side, depending on if you watch one series or not, you could end up loving the artist in case in point you, you gray, <laughs> you ended up introducing a lot of artists that were, part of openings and endings for animes and it really helped you get into their discography overall yep yep also with the ongoing trends of voice actors and actresses doing opening and endings for their for their series you end up you might follow an artist from a series to series and it ends up growing your way of love of anime and all that stuff so that really does help you yeah yeah and things like that I have several that went into that were, you know, Hirano Aya and Sakamoto Maya. I mean, Tanaka Rie. 
and you look at all the ones who've, who've done that, and actually I feel like this trend has been going for a long time since the early 90s, because all those voice actresses did solo albums, and, you know, like uh, Kikokue Inoue from Oh My Goddess, and Megumi Hayashibata, and all of them have done that, and I'm a huge Megu fan. So it's just amazing to see that trend has really picked back up again. And I I like to see that because there's a lot you can just follow around and also hear them, hear their different vocal styles because they're so good with their voices. Like Mizuki Nana is a great example of her singing style. And when she does character songs and when she does her actual music, it's like, it's gold. I mean, she throw anything at her and she can do it. So... Yeah, it's nice to see that that is a continuing trend. And uh, one of the more recent artists that I I know of off the top of my head is the voice actor that does the lead in Black Clover. The lead character is named Asta. The voice actor is Shun Horie. He just announced, uh, probably like three, four months ago, he just released his first single. And so... It, it was really interesting for me because like one of the reasons why I had a hard time getting into Black Clover was I did not like his voice performance in in the anime. I, I just, to me, it was a little much, but I wound up really liking his single that he did. I thought he had a really good vocal range in the song. So it also lets you kind of see somebody in a different light than you normally wouldn't see them in. And it really can give you perspective. But yeah, for hinders, I mean, there's a couple, uh, several things actually I could say about it. And one of them is depending on the label, the artist can be shafted as an anime, quote unquote, anime artist style. Case in point, you got Spy Air and Burnout Syndrome, who, for example, have various amount of discography. But unless you're a real true fan of the artist, how often do you hear a regular release done by them chart or even escape? onto the Oricon chart here. Not ever. I mean, it's always attached to something. Same with Uberworld. Yeah, no. Uh, it, it's exceedingly rare. It's not something that really happens that often. So it's... It, it's Like, I'm trying to think of, like, another group that does that. Blue and Count. Yeah, Blue and Count. I was... in my, my fir- The first group that came to my mind was Man with a Mission, I was like, well, they actually have had a couple of songs that weren't attached to animes hit the Oricon, so that that wouldn't be right. But yeah, Blue End Count, I, we never really hear from them unless they're attached to an anime, and then yeah, the, the, they're on the, the Oricon. So I yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, so I'm, I, I was going to say, I mean, a lot of your first initial music corners were like a lot of anime artists that unfortunately if they're fairly newer we haven't really seen them outside the limelight of being attached to a opening or ending for a theme which is sad we don't want to peg them as that but unfortunately because of what they've been doing it's how they usually go out with but and for the listener side if you're only someone that listens to j-pop through anime like you said earlier, you're not going to have much branching room, so to speak. And you might not change to several artists all too much because 
unless they are similar sounding or have that same sound of that J-pop feel or anime feel, you might not go and branch out all too much. Like, for example, I don't... If you're going to listen to... I'm going to just say Spy Air, you're most likely going to listen to Burnout Syndrome or Blue Encamp because a lot of them have that same high energetic feel from each other. But you might not you might be surprised and be like, oh I'm gonna listen to Death Note or watch Death Note and what the hell are all these artists? Like why are they being all emo and crap like that? <laughs> so yep. you might be a little sh- jilted from that that specific style, so to speak. Oh yeah, I, I agree because I, I feel like certain shows have a certain music to them, such as like Magical Girl ones are always the upbeat ones with the cutesy voices or or just you know, that happy, poppy feeling, and then you go to something that is very, you know, like a jolt, like noir, like Girls With Guns type of thing, or the music's very, how do you say it? I guess you could say more of a relaxed tone, and you just hear something completely different, you know, and that goes with, it. I feel like it depends on the type of anime you're watching, because it can go from one thing to the next, but if you are watching a certain type of genre like Shonen, you're going to get more of that upbeat feeling, especially for the openings, you know? So I feel like you're going to get stuck in that range of only a certain artist. And it is harder to branch out because I'm used to hearing that happy-go-lucky upbeat music and you're not used to hearing things different like Maximum Hormone and Death Note just screaming. So... I mean, it, it is a jolt for some people or just hearing like kind of opera like music like um, um, Phant- uh, Phantom Requiem for the Phantom. So it, it really does vary where like for me, like I've really gotten into like boy boy groups, male vocalists and like sometimes they contribute to anime, but it's not. A frequent thing, like I, like I know, Dice did the current opening to One Piece, I but there's that, a lot that, of. I think that trend will mostly go to the seiyus. Yeah. Part or the voice actor part. Yeah. Uh. So so like, but like uh like there's a whole style of music I didn't know that I liked, and then like because like uh we did the show and I got to, you know, listen to Johnny's and and uh and the exiles and I was able to, you know, slowly over time, like really grow to appreciate them. And, and, you know, that, that's just where like for the moment that like, that's where my taste in music is. And, uh, you know, I, if like not, had I not branched out, I don't know if I'd still, you know, I don't know if I'd be listening at many boy groups now, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's really, like it's up to the person themselves like how much do they want to branch out and stuff but if you do want to branch out like it is important because there, there is a lot of like uh, also like Inca is a wonderful fabulous style of music that's not on many anime if any at all so that's something like you really get to enjoy when you kind of take that deep dive uh, but that that is just one example. And what about you, Luna? So I broke it up into two different categories. So 
for to help, I pretty much have the same similarity to what both Ken and Gray said, is being attached to an anime is a great way to catch people's attention, even if you're a frequent watcher or you're a casual watcher, because it, that's one of, music is one of the things for me that catches my ear, and if it's if it's something I like, I'm going to go out and one, find that song, two, start looking at the artists and their other discography. And I feel like it's also the first thing you hear in a show, The you know, so usually it you want to start off right with that. And, and I will say like the opening has always been a big thing for me. And even with the end, you know, the endings, I always enjoy the endings to wind down after you watch an episode and digest it. But, like, the opening is the bam, bam, bam. Like, right off the bat, it pulls you, it's, it should pull you in. And that's how I see it. You know, it doesn't have to be a really upbeat song, but it is a song that pulls you into the show in the moment. So I feel like a lot of people recognize their ability with a show, even if, let's say, the show is hot trash, they still might love the opening because it is so good. And that's how you know the artists did their job and the show in a way did their job because they at least pulled you in with the opening, even if the rest of it isn't good. Um, so I feel like that's a good way that helps artists is getting recognized for that. I mean, it gets their name out there. It gets people wanting to check out, you know, who does the theme song. Um, and it makes it memorable for people to want to go back to. And I had examples of that, too. Like, Rasefan and Wolf's Reign, for me, the music was just freaking amazing. And I feel like they're both not very popular shows. However, when you watch them, the music captures you to the point that you want to see who not only does the theme songs, but who composed the dang shows. That's how good of a job it does. And other ones, like, ones that are big shows that even pulled me in like Inuyasha is how I actually got into Boa was because of Every Heart or actually take that back I got into Boa before that but one of the reasons I also really liked the show was because of Every Heart but it got me into other artists that I did not know about like Every Little Thing and uh, Shimitani Hitomi so I feel like you know hearing it and hearing it each episode really draws you in and you just want to look them up. So, and I feel like, and that that's my big part was the popular part. So that's part of it is, and we kind of discussed that already. So the second part of it is I feel like it helps the, it helps the artist as a whole in a way is like Yui in a way, like, she she did come out with other songs before Life from Bleach, but I also feel like that pushed her career is doing Bleach, and then later on she did Fullmetal Alchemist, but her career was already very well taken off. But I got into her Feel My Soul, but what really pushed me is when I heard Life, which was the ending to Bleach, and I just fell in love with her music. And Scandal wasn't, that's how I got into them with Shoujo S., and I feel like that also helped boost their career is being on a big show like that and having a very memorable song. It really sticks with you. And it helps the artist gain popularity, not just locally, but internationally as well. And it makes you want to go out and check out their music because of some of these songs. I went out and I bought Yui's first album because I, I heard several of the tracks and I'm like, this is amazing. I have to buy this. So. 
No, I can totally understand. Like, for example, I was a huge fan of Uber World before Bleach, but D Techno Life was really the song that put them on the map, so to speak. Yeah, and that's how I heard about them, was that pushed me into checking out their other music, was D Techno Life and Colors of the Heart from Blood Plus is mm. those, you know, really pushed me into checking out more of their music. And I had one third point on this was I feel like the more popular the artist is, the easier it is to find their music, especially if they are current. And this makes it better for consumers, like, you know, or fans, because we have more access accessibility to those artists. And I think that helps them, especially you know, putting a song on an anime and knowing it's going to be international. The record companies or more will more likely make it available internationally. I mean, there are some cases that it doesn't work out due to label issues, but I see for the most part, it's easier to find music by that artist. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Luna. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that I, I've noticed over the years that we've been doing this show is the uh, increase in the international markets, especially from groups like AVEX. Because well, like, when we started, like you, AVEX wasn't on Apple Music. You couldn't get AVEX groups from on Apple Music at all. And now it's... There's some things, but most of a lot of what AVEX puts out day and day on Apple Music, you can go ahead and download it. So, you know, that that attitude has changed over time. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really helped that has been the popularity of anime because, you know, again, there's people that are fans of anime that they'll go out and they'll say, oh, I like this opening. Let me go out and download the song or let me go out buy the song. And I, I've noticed, like, a lot, like, we used to complain a lot about Sony and their availability, but they've gotten better. They're, they're still not where I would like them to be personally, but they have improved a lot. And there's a lot, now there's a lot of stuff like you can go look up and, and, and get because, you know, you have mega popular shows like My Hero Academia. And Sony's like, well, we're missing out on a lot of music, a lot of money. If like there's an opening on My Hero Academia that's really popular in the states, and no one's able to purchase the song, so being so like th the popularity of of the artists and being more searchable, like like that really does help. And we, you know, like I said, like we've really as we've been doing the show, like we've really seen that that change of mindset and it's been very fascinating to watch yeah definitely for sure and sony's a big one that they recently started adding more of their back catalog which has pleasantly surprised me and i'm happy to see that and i feel like the anime industry has had a big re a big a big reason for that being and i know several individual artists always pushed for it you know, with their own discography, but I feel like now it's become a lot more open. So as as far as hinders goes, I'm in agreement on Ken with this because I do feel like many artists that are attached to anime just get stuck in that label. And if they would do anything outside of that, like any 
regular individual single or song, it's going to get overlooked because everyone only listens to like the anime singles, the anime songs. So not a lot charts or even gets paid attention to, paid any mind due to that fact. And like he mentioned, Spire, Burnout Syndromes. And I mean, there's many, many artists that I feel like it just categorizes that too immediately because of their vocals as well. I mean, there's some that start doing visual novels and they got cute vocals and then they just get stuck in the anime and visual novels and there's no way they can ever break out of that. So they are stuck with that label. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I do see that as a hindrance for a lot of artists. And I want to say, like, Sakaki Bahada Yui is one of them when she was popular. She was always pegged for her anime, and there's no way she could do anything else. Nakagawa Shoko, I mean, she's still, I think she still charted when she did non-anime themes, but not as much as when she did just anime themes. I mean, you look, when you think of Shokotan, you think of Soda Ido Days. I just think of Pokemon. Or Pokemon. Or Fullmetal Alchemist, because she did... I don't remember which one, but she did one of the uh, she, songs she's, for Brotherhood. Well, for, 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 for me, because she's so involved with the Pokemon franchise. As of right oh, yeah. Now, I just think of Pokemon for her. <laughs> yeah, and she's very involved with the anime industry in general. So, I mean, not only is she an actual actress, but she's also very heavily involved in general. Yep. She, she, so, wanted, she wanted to be in a lot of things. She wanted to be in Sentai for the longest time. So... So, and I love, I personally love Shokotan, and in a way, I don't really think it hindered her because she still has immense popularity, but I feel like she's also stuck in that one space. And I, at this point, there's no way when you get stuck and labeled in that certain genre, you can't get out of it. And Edu, Edu Aoi is one of them too, who just does anime themes and is pegged as that. If she does anything else, no one's going to recognize it. Yeah. But so. I, I would like to see it change just a little bit because I wonder if when Lisa does not do a song for anime, <laughs> how it will do. I so. would like to see that too, like for Lisa and Imer. Mm. I would like to see, you know, because they're always pegged in that genre. And Mizuki Nana as well. I mean, I know she's known for video games and doing anime. Well, she's, but a, she's a seiyuu too, so I mean that... For her, she's... Yeah, she'll mostly be doing stuff for her series. She's not going to venture out too much unless her label does. But when she yeah. even does do a release, it's mostly for... A series she's involved with. Yeah, so... Um, and then I had one more hindrance that I... Actually, two, but these go hand in hand. So I feel like a lot of the artists like I said, are only remembered for their theme songs. But I feel like because of that, many of them just fall off the face of the earth. Like, after a couple albums, because their only hits were anime, they just venture off, you know, they just either their label ends their contract or the artist just, you know, eventually just falls into the abyss. Mm. And once they are remembered, you only know them as, oh, yeah, they did that one song. And mm. I'm going to use Stephanie as an example. She did Gundam Double Zero Friends and she did um, a song for Kiss Dumb Engaged Planet called Kimi Ga Iru Kagiri. Mm. So despite me never seeing Kiss Dumb Engaged Planet, I absolutely love her track Kimi Ga Iru Kagiri. And I came across it because I heard Friends 
in Gundam Double Zero. And her vocals were impeccable. She was very, very talented. Those songs did very well for her. However, after that, like her first album did pretty good and I, I own it. Her second album when it came out, nothing. Like all her other singles she did that weren't tied to anime just didn't do very well. And pretty much she dropped off the face of the earth. And it may, you know, and when you, when people think of her, they're only going to remember her for anime themes. And one of my personal favorites is Rie Fu, who I absolutely love her. And, but whenever people think of her, they think, oh, she did Life is Like a Boat for Bleach. Or, oh, she did I Want to Go to Place, Gundam Sea Destiny. Or she did uh, Suki, Suki Akari for Darker Than Black. And she, her whole discography is flipping fantastic. She's an amazing pianist. She has so many great works and she still does stuff individually because she's not with Sony anymore. But case in point, like, what do people remember her for? People don't even know she still does music because when she doesn't do any like big, big songs and when they were with anime, she made it on point, but she doesn't. So you know, I feel like artists like that often get overlooked because they have such good songs that no one either bothers to keep up with them or re think they just quit because they don't have any more lead songs. So. Unless you're like a real true fan of them for the most part. It, yes. You don't, yeah. You're out of the loop for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I feel like um, it's unfortunate because a lot of artists like that don't get recognized. Like I follow her career very well and have bought and downloaded recent releases for her but that's because i'm a huge fan and she just blew me away but i feel like ones like that's so well just she had her big hits for anime i will she did one for pokemon uh yuna was really big for that one bleach song in japan and that was it and then she just dropped off the face of the earth after two albums in japan and then she went back to korea where she succeeded very well but it kind of, you know, leaves you with that, you know, it can hinder artists. They have that one big song, someone really loves it, and then they just forget about the artist. So, and it's just very unfortunate. And because of that, this goes into my last case in point. A lot of these artists, you cannot find their works anymore at all. Like Stephanie, you can't. And uh, Rie Fu, you can't find her Sony stuff. So well, oh, I think that's mostly because of Sony. So. Well, yeah, and but it, I feel like it does in general for the consumer. Let's say you like that, you watch Gundam Double Zero, and you're like, I really like that song. Let me see if I can find it. Go to search for it. Uh, nope, can't find it. You know, so I feel like it does hinder artists, and even if they were a current one, it it can hinder them as well as if they had like one hit or the record company is not making it internationally available or pushing for it. It can really hinder them or anyone finding out about them. So, and I feel, and that kind of went in my last point about like a great theme song can outshine the other artist discography. And I think, you know, a great example of that because Hoki Boshi is fantastic. And I think she has other great songs However, that one really does outshine a lot of her other works. And I think for a lot of people, they will only, they'll only look at certain things. And Uverworld is a great example of that with a lot of their anime themes outshine everything else they've done. Yeah, uh, another good group that I could say falls in the same boat is Scandal. 
because you know a lot of people know them for shoujo s and the song that i that turned me on to them which is shunkan sentimental like those are both anime songs and you know it's been a long time since scandal cut a song for an anime and i think all of us would agree that while we like those songs that they did do for the animes that they actually have better music but they will all but a large swath of people will always know them as shunkan sentimental and shoujo s so true however they still chart they still make the oricon charts like i feel like with reifu she just like dropped off the charts so well like a lot of them if it was an anime they didn't chart well i feel like scandal even if it is an anime their music still would make the charts yeah oh yeah no yeah i i agree with that but i was just going to the point that uh in the minds of certain people like even though like they've moved past that they're still known for that if that makes any sense like, but I, I see what you're tr- you're saying too about yeah, and the general public, you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you're not gonna follow Scandal, you don't, you probably didn't even know that they made their own record label. <laughs> That's yeah, also true. Must, yeah. So, yeah. Um, for for things for uh, for Overworld, I mean, for Overworld, they still placed, even though if it's not part of an anime. Granted, it's not for the all in one Oricon that we do. It's for the physical only ones. So, but, but yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a little talking points here of what we thought about how being a part of an anime can help both hinder and help an artist overall, especially if you're someone trying to get into the industry, like you specifically, Gray, I know this was, this is like a dream come true because you can just follow your own examples here. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, D- most definitely. And you know, I I will say like one of the things that I I genuinely love that we do with the shows. You know, uh, if you're interested in uh, exploring J-pop and, and stuff like that, like anime is a great place to start because it, it does it just it it wets your palate at the very least, and you know you you kind of get a taste for what it sounds like. And then, you know, you can springboard from there because especially in the modern day that we live in, like you can, you can, you know, go on YouTube and you can look up the video, the music videos, you can type it up in Apple music or Spotify, or you can get it off iTunes. Like now, now we're living in really the golden age. I I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, I I agree back then, back when I got started, you had to buy it physically or you had to find another way to get it. Yeah, so when Dot Hack Sign came out, I was a huge fan of the uh, opening. Round Table featuring Nino? No, that's from, that's different. That's from no, that's, that's NHK. You're talking um, about Obsession. Seesaw. Obsession by Seesaw. Oh, Seesaw. Yeah, so so when I bought the DVD, the DVD that had the creditless opening and ending, I, I played the opening on repeat. <laughs> like, well, I, would just, I mean... This also kind of goes point, and not even just the digital market. The fact that you're there's so many markets of a being able to buy 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 artists' stuff internationally has grown over the last ten years than it did in the '90s, say early aughts. But yeah, 
With that, let's continue on to this week's Music Corner here. And this week, you, Gray, have the lovely, lovely thing of introducing us to your artist. So go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this week, I went a little out of my comfort zone. And I went with an artist that I wound up really, really enjoying. Uh, his name is, he goes by uh, Mukai Taichi. And I just, I wound up really thoroughly enjoying him. But uh, first off, let me give just a little background on Mukai Taichi. So Mukai Taichi is 28 years old. Uh, he is a singer, songwriter, and uh, he actually started his music career all the way back in 2010. As he joined a, a funk band called Modio. And he was only with Modio for a year. And then he wound up leaving Modio. Uh, to start his solo career, he uh, joined the record label of Mia Terrace, uh, and he started publishing a lot of his songs to SoundCloud. That's where like he really kind of got started. So he published his uh, first song uh, called "Kimi ni Kiss Shite" on on SoundCloud, and. Then on June of two, in June of 2015, he started to write a blog on the website of Japan's uh, most famous men's magazine, uh, Men's Fudge. And to this day, he still writes for that blog, which is really cool. Uh, I've never checked out Men's Fudge. I had never heard of it, but I'd be interested to pick it up and see how that is. Uh, and then on March of 2016, he released his first EP titled Pull. Uh, which featured a total of six songs and was also posted on the SoundCloud page. And then on November of 2016, Taichi released his second EP, 24, and was praised by music critics. Uh, this was following by his performance at Summer Sonic Festival of 2017. And in 2020, he started to garner more mainstream attention by working with more famous artists, such as Inflow and Katori... Shingo, who is a former member of Johnny's boy group, SMAP. And yeah, I really wound up digging Mukai Taichi. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a very, very good composer. I think that's where his real talents are. And the fact that he's able to put together the songs that he's able to in a, a wider range of instruments is always very interesting and fascinating. He also tackles a wide variety of different songs, different song genres. Some like he's, he's got ballads. He's got some that's a little bit more R and B focused. He has a little bit that's got a little funk feel to it. So yet he's, he, some would say he's all over the place, but it doesn't feel like it. he always tackles each genre with a level of expertise and knowledge that really just makes it sound like he's always been doing songs in that genre. And he is just a really gifted artist. And one of my favorite songs is his song Michi. I, I think that that's one of the songs where you actually hear his vocal work in it. And it's done really, really well. He, he is, he just has very strong vocals and it really shines through in Michi and also the piano work in that song is just done really really well and I just really wound up enjoying Michi overall that was one of my absolute favorites uh and you know Mukai Taichi is still going strong he he recently back in December 
put out his single Get Loud, which is available now on all digital platforms. It's really, really good. I loved that song. That was actually the first song I ever heard by him and wound up really liking it. So I, I really, really liked it. I liked him. And like I said, he's a little bit out of my comfort zone. This is somebody I normally wouldn't listen to, but I, I did. I really wound up really enjoying him. I liked him a lot. And I'm really eager to hear what you guys thought of him. So, I mean, I've already known about him for the last couple couple years, to be honest. And I really liked the supplemental EP that was released last year as well. So, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> because he, if you looked in his regular, his artist, similar artist, it is Syrup. So, I figured that's where you kind of latched on from there. Uh, yeah. I, I think so. Also, Lucky Tapes. Lucky Tapes, yeah. yeah I mean, yep. So, I mean, he's an artist that I've known in that little vernacular for a while. So, I'm one of the reasons why I, I wanted to do him a couple months back. But I'm always usually afraid of what you would think. Because I really don't like dealing with negativity between the two of you. So, But it, that's how it is. <laughs> but I really loved him. Mukai Taichi, that is. And... A lot of a lot of his songs, it it does have that flair of he knows what he's composing and he has that expertise craft of just that touch of just whatever he does does very very well. Case in point is Just Friends. I really liked Just Friends on his supplemental EP. It's probably one of my favorite songs done by him, to be honest. And you got other songs just like Reset and Michi and Slow Down. Slow Down's an amazing song. Fly is an amazing song. Savage Office is Savage. His Savage Tracks was really, really good. So I've, I've been really, really enjoying a lot of his work. So, so yeah, I also, I, I'm, I've i also been familiar with Mukai Taichi. And part of it was because Ken introduced me to him with Supplement EP. And also he was featured on Mflo's Tell Me, Tell Me song in the Love series. So I dived into him. This gave me a better chance to check out his older works and not just Supplement and Savage and um, 27 but I loved his ver his um I'm trying to think versatility like the 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 different type styles of music he can do and he can pull it off so well and flawlessly I mean he can do that chill R&B he can also do a more upbeat style music as well you know more poppy and he does I mean it's just his compositions I think like both you said, we're just, he's just amazing at it. And like, I loved Slow Down. That was a favorite. Sin. Uh, Michi was one of my favorites as well. Fly was just freaking amazing. Fallen was great. Um, I, uh, one of my favorite ones is the one he did with a Creva. Is I absolutely loved Answer. And I think him and Creva just did this flawless job of mixing up that track. I mean, his whole Pure album was just, I was just lit. I absolutely loved it. Almost every song I favorited on that album. And I also thought like Twenty Seven was very interesting because going from Pure to Twenty Seven was a, a very odd switch, but it worked so well because Twenty Seven is such a chill album. And I like it, and Moichido were just amazing. I also loved Last Piece with Friday Night Plans. 
and it made me want to check out that group because they did such a great collaboration. And, I mean, Savage is just a solid album in general. I mean, you got Savage, Kimie, ICBU, Michi's on there. I like it. Was a great way to end it. And then I thought I thought Supplement was just solid. And I loved Get Loud. I thought it was a good track. But just he has so many songs that it's hard not to... You cannot just... You will find one. There will be at least one track. And I feel like there's going to be way more than one that you will like. Because of the variety he presents. And his vocals on as well as he had... He can go very high. And you can hear the skills he has. And he has such a good range. And he makes his vocals match with the composition he's doing. So, I mean, I think he was a solid pick. And I'm glad I actually got to dive into him more than what I've picked out here and there. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm glad you guys uh, picked him because uh, when I, or I, I'm glad that you guys liked him. And w when Ken was like, yeah, yeah, I've been listening to this guy for a while. I was like, oh, okay. Then I guess I picked a, a good one, but... Um, I'm still glad that you guys really liked him and uh, you know, I, when I picked him, I had only heard just a little bit of it myself, but, uh, I had a lot of fun just digging, um, further into his discography this week and, uh, really just loved my time with him. And, uh, you know, that I, I sometimes like, I really, I've really grown to like lately kind of tackling artists that are out of, out of my wheelhouse. Uh, cause y you know, like. As much as I love boy bands and I like talking about them, like you know, you know, if if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, what you say about one boy band, you're going to say pretty much about all of them. So it, it's really hard to have that diversity of talk and conversation around them. And so I've been trying to breach out a little bit more and tackle artists that you normally wouldn't hear me talk about. And I've had a lot of fun, uh, especially with Mukai Taichi. And I'm really glad that you guys wound up digging him. Oh yeah, no, like I said, I'm. This is what this this particular thing was supposed to be about. So I'm glad that you are able to find some that you ended up really liking as well. So and I'm also glad you ended up picking them. That way, you know, we all found an artist that we all can enjoy and have a great time with their music. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to the Oricon here. And huh, this week was somewhat interesting. Smashing. Okay, but with that, let's continue on to number 10 here, and it is Usewa by the lovely vocalist Ado. So she is a a digital creator, kind of like on the vein of Yoao Sobi and things like that, where she's mostly using a persona for her vocal strengths. And this was interesting. I mean, this is our first adverse to the vocalist Ado. And, well... <laughs> Why don't you guys go first about it? So, Usewa was very interesting. It it took me off guard. It wasn't my style, but I think it was mainly because Otto's vocals are very jolting. And I, for me, it just didn't quite do it for me. However, I do understand the appeal as... Ado does fit with the very, and Usewa fits very well with like the anime theme to it because you hear it. And that's the first thing I thought of actually is because I'm like, is Usewa a theme to an anime? Because it kind of sounds like it. But it has that appeal 
that yeah, Sobi does. However, I think her vo- Otto's vocals are still just a little too much for me. However, I would be interested to hear what she's going to do next just because this was just too in your face. But if she does something more mellow than Usewa, I think it could be done very well to something I it fit more my style. Uh, yeah, I found Usewa to be a bit abrasive. And I, that is really the best way I could put it. Her vocals is okay, but just like the way like the song composition came together and everything like that, it, it just was a little much for me. But, uh, you know... I can see the appeal. I can see why it's here, but eh, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah, no. Trust me, this isn't going to be for everyone. I mean, these styles of tracks is just there to be right up in your face about its composition and what its messaging is. So, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be for everyone, but these digital creators have been trying to make their way onto the market a little bit more as of late. So, it's interesting to see another one pop up here. But with that, this week, Usewa sold a lovely 22,302 points. And going on up to Don by the lovely Lisa here. And used as the opening theme for the lovely anime Black uh, Back Arrow. She kind of follows up with Homero from this. And what do we think about this? This was somewhat of a change from her last couple of releases. It was a good change, to be honest. And I, so as soon as the music video dropped for Dawn, that was the first thing I started listening to. And I was excited about it because I really enjoy Lisa a lot. And no, it wasn't on par with Homoda or Grenge, which it's it's really hard to release a song right after Homoda and how immense that song is, how powerful it is. However, I actually think Dawn is really solid. And if maybe they would have waited a couple months for Homura to die down a little bit, it would have had a better impact on a lot of people. And even me myself, you know, because Homura is so fresh in my mind. But in general, I think Dawn is very solid. And Lisa has great vocals, but I do feel like because of the time it was released, it's probably going to be forgotten. Uh, yeah, Dawn, it is nice to see Lisa mix it up. This is a little different than her usual flair and style. So it was nice to see that. But it it at the same time, I agree with what Luna said. It's not as memorable as Garenge or Homura. And I, I get why this was dropped now, because it was probably around the same, because it's an anime opening, it's this probably tied to the, that. And so I, I get like why it's released now instead of later where it could breathe better. But, you, you know, I thought it was okay. I, I wasn't crazy about this song in any particular manner. I still feel like Homura was better and, and like the whole time i was listening to this song i was like oh you know it's different it's like she's mixing it up but it's not nearly as good as what she's been doing so i i just kind of just fell okay on this like i don't think it's a bad song but it just wasn't gripping me but that's the thing that we've been f- afraid of lisa falling into the last couple of years though because she has released releases in between Gorenge and homura we talked about one and, you know, it wasn't as gripping as Gorenge, and obviously it fell off that way. So, 
the thing is you're proving the point of what we exactly think was going to happen with her. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get, I get that. And, and that's, and th you know, it kind of feeds into the topic that we talked about earlier today or earlier in the episode, but uh, well, yeah. For her, she's different because she's specifically an anime singer. <laughs> and that's true too. But I mean, that it just goes to show like the uber popularity that Demon Slayer has because do Demon Slayer is insanely popular, well, and for for the, for the masses anyway. I, yes, I've yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, like and and like I said, it, it's it is hard, uh, probably because Homura is specifically Homura. It's so fresh in my mind mm. that it, I was like, ah, yeah, you know, Don, it, it's nice. It's not nearly as good as their last release, but hey, it's nice. It, it's it's pleasant. Because uh, well, for me, because like for me, and uh, I I get it. You guys will have that lasting impression of what her her releases are. And the thing is, it's and so did I. But the thing is, I really enjoyed my time with Don personally. Oh, I did too. I I thought it was a great track though, and I listened I've listened to it more than once since the music video dropped. But I do understand that obviously Homura is going to have that impression because obviously she did mix it up from Homura because Homura is a more vocal heavy track while this is well, it does it is vocal heavy at times. It's really leading onto that energetic composition that she has. So obviously, if you're going to compare the both songs, Homura is going to win single-handedly. But we'll see how Don does because if it's, we'll probably see it on here for another week. But who knows? It'll be on here for a month from now. So. But regardless, Don sold a lovely 24,370 points here. And going on over to number 8, Good Morning Flight by BMK. So now this is a, a group that I've never heard of, and I think this probably is their debut. Let's just see here. Yeah, this is their... This is Boys and Men's younger, younger brother group, so... Which would explain a lot. Which would explain a lot. That explains a ton. With, <laughs> let's start with you, Gray, because I know, I knew, as soon as I listened to the first 10 seconds of this, I knew that you would really, really like this track. And was I wrong? No. No, you were not. I, I loved this. So, uh, Monster Flight, I, I wound up really digging. It's a little different and. It took me a minute to figure the song out, but I wound up really, really liking it overall. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I I, I hit the plus sign for the whole, because uh, on Apple Music's the whole EP, it's four songs, and I, I really like the whole EP. It's really good, but uh, the the lead singer of that just, I, I did, I, I wound up liking it. I think it's a really good song. I don't know if it's for everybody. Which would be like my one criticism that I have for the song is like, I don't know if it's for everyone or not, but if you're a fan of like boy bands and boy groups, this is right up your alley, especially if you like boys and men. Uh, like, I think it's very much in the same vein of, as a lot of their music. So I did. I wound up liking it a lot. For me, it was not in my wheelhouse. However, I thought BMK with. Monst uh, 
monster uh, fight. I thought it, I, I mean, I thought they had good vocals and it was a okay song. I think it's just not my thing. I'm glad to see them on here and start to break out, but I don't have much to say. It's just, you know, not my style of music. So yeah, like I said before, I, as soon as I listened to the first 10 seconds of this, I was like, huh, I'm pretty sure Gray's going to really, really like this. And I understand. They have that really energetic style that just really, really grips you. And, <laughs> oh boy. It was alright in my point of, point of view here. So, I, there's not much I can really say. I, I'll wait till they simmer down a, a bit. This is a great debut single though because it really shows who they are just right out of the gate it's kind of like the we are high five by high five it really just shows who they are yeah oh, oh yeah I agree. completely so i mean as a debut single it's great personally i'll wait a couple singles like i always do for a debuting artist to really, really judge them. But as of right now, they're all right. And I really appreciate what they're bringing to the market because, of course, they're, they're, they are the research. They were the research students of the, the Boys and Men group. And, of course, they're Matsuri 9 and stuff like that, all that wheelhouse there. So, of course, they're going to have that very similar style to their older brother groups. But I want them to kind of express that. But as of right now... This is a great start, and we'll get to see them more blossom in the future here. Regardless, Monster Flight sold a lovely 26,204 points. Going on up to number 7 is Kaibutsu or Monster by Yoao Sobi. This is probably going up with the release of the Bay Stars Season 2. So, of course, as that is still running, we'll probably see this a little bit more. So, good for them. This week, it sold a lovely 27,802 points. And going on up to number six, once again, is Dry Flower by UD. So it's great again. He's been on here for quite a long time. I can't wait to see what his next release is going to entail here. Because, like I said, Dry Flower wasn't the greatest introduction to his discography. So I can't wait for more people to kind of look at this lovely artist more so. This week it sold a lovely 37,550 or 85 points here. Going on up to number 5, it is Dynamite by BTS. Unfortunately, because of the fact that Samsung did announce their S21 Ultra, we'll probably not see the Dynamite song be very, very prevalent in our minds as much anymore. So, with that declining process as of right now. Obviously, it is a good song and it has run its course, but we'll be excited to see what BTS has for the future. As I outwardly lie on that broad message. <laughs> this week we it's a sold, good lie. It it's a good a, lie. <laughs> this week it sold a lovely 41,196 points. Going on up to number four, it is Homura by Lisa. Once again, the lovely, lovely Demon Slayer is still on the minds of everyone. So, of course, the song will still be out there as well. This week it sold a lovely 41,893 points. Going on up to number three, it is Yoruni Kakeru by Yoao Sobi. I guess the prominence of the Kohaku bump is going to be prevalent with this release. So, this week it sold a lovely 43,644 points. And going on up to number two, it is Step and a Step by Niju. Just a little bit more down here, so... Hopefully, with the announcement of their new release, this will go down just a tad bit more. With that, 
This week it sold a lovely 44,230 points and going on up to number one, it is Shuka Umaku Ikuyobi by Gianni's West, the lovely Kansai group of the Johnny Juniors era. So what do we think about this track this time around? Let's start with you, Gray, our resident boy band boy boy band aficionado uh yeah no i i like this song i thought it was really good uh i did not love it i don't know if i would run out and buy it but it is an enjoyable song it's uh full of energy and fun and it, i it really comes through in the boys and their performance uh the melody is very catchy overall i thought it was a solid number uh like it's, it's a little bit more typical johnny's flair and and i think the that might be the reason why I don't know if I'd run out and purchase it or not. But if it's, you know, if you're riding down the road, like you're not going to change the channel, you'll probably leave it where it's at. Uh, me, I'd crank it up just a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I think it's an enjoyable song. And I think uh, it achieves what it's trying to do. It's trying to be this uplifting, fun song. And I think it hits the nail on the head. And I did. I wound up really enjoying it overall. So I I actually thought it was okay. It 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 wasn't my favorite by them, but I'm also super hit or miss on Johnny's West. Um for me, I think the chorus was very very good. But I didn't care for the verses and how Shukan Umakuiku you'll be just it just started out really rough at the beginning, and then the chorus was really good, but the verses for me also were a little bit rough. So I felt like all the energy and positiveness was put in that chorus, which is great. However, I also, as a whole, I want my track to be straight up good for me to not have that up and down feeling. But it was still Johnny's West. It was okay. I mean... I'm not going to go out and buy it, though. Yeah, so for me, <laughs> Johnny's West has been a very interesting take. And Shukan Umaku Ikuyobi, while not for me personally, it was really, really good. I've been hit and miss on a lot of their stuff as well, Luna. So this one kind of won me over. It's in the wind p- column here. And I I would say that the course is the one of the reasons why that is. So, it won't make me run out and go and get it immediately, but if I so happen to listen to it on the radio, it's there kind of thing, so. But, regardless, Shukai Umaku Ikuyobi sold a lovely 227,927 points. And with that, let's go on to the albums here real fast. They're very interesting. I was looking at them earlier. Yeah, so we have Momito Clover Z with their latest album, Getsu Iru Chain On. We got Go To Bees with Reincarnation at number seven. I've been kind of looking forward to that as well. This is Ashi at number six. Stray Sheep by Yunus Kenji at number five. The Order, or, or One by Seven Order, so there. Um, I really. I'm I'm pretty sure you'll end up really liking them when we get to the single versions of Seven Order for them, Gray. So I can't wait for that. I'm hyped. You got, yeah, you got the book by Yoasobi once again, and Six Stones at 
with their album first at number two. And at number one, we got Straight Out Rhyme Anime, which is the Husbando rap anime thing. I believe it's the divisional rap battle stuff. So it's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. So go Husbandos. But with that, the Husbandos. Yes. Yeah, so Never bet against them. Never. Yeah, they will always win. But with that, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Bungakadi. You can find us on all podcast streaming services, and you can find the you can find us on all social media websites at Twitter and Instagram at Ongakudu. You can find the site at ongakudu.com. You can also follow our affiliates, Kuryu Hunter. He is a variety streamer who is probably just aching at the bones with that new Resident Evil stuff. You can follow him at twitch.tv slash Kuryu Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also follow TimberTaff. He is a variety streamer. And you can follow him at twitch.tv slash TimberTaff, T-I-M-B-R-T-A-F-T. You can also follow your sister, Rose, who's been highly anticipating the release of Monster on the Rise. You can follow her at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-C-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also follow Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer and very in with the Zelda community. You can follow her at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also follow the video game podcast that I do with Kill Fangirl and Temper Club, Potosaurus. This past week, we talked about a lot of things about Yakuza and the lovely reasons why Capcom isn't playing really nice with the lovely streamers here. You can follow it by looking up Podosaurus on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me at OTYKen1 where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, the lovely new rules for Cardfight Vanguard, and Roboco. Hello, Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me at Twitter on Gaku Gray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun stuff. I recently just finished Kamen Rider X8, and I am just about to start Kamen Rider Build. So if you want my two cents, you can follow me there. And if you're just interested in what I'm listening to, uh, I posted about Dice this week, so uh, as per usual. But if you want to know my thoughts on the new album, you can definitely follow me on Twitter. Yeah, Ongaku, great. And you, Luna? You can find me on all the lovely streaming services such as Letterboxd, My Anime List, Anime Planet, Twitter at LunaMaria87, where you can see what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, and stay tuned for some interesting posts on Instagram of my stress buys over the holidays at NerdyCollectorLuna. There's a lot of anime and some interesting CDs that are going to be coming up, so check it out. But yeah, I want to say thank you so very much for listening to this week's episode of Ungakadio. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luna saying have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed. This is Luna saying jamatane. This is great. Hope everyone has a wonderful week, and we'll be right back here next time. Bye-bye.